Welcome to Healing with the Masters. We are so delighted that you've chosen to hang out with us for this series of speakers, inspirational wisdom, powerful affirmations, invocations, activations, prayer, and healing. Healing with the Masters represents transformation to ignite your light and to show you a framework of possibility for moving into a new way of being in your life, modeling that for others in your life, and changing the whole planet. Enjoy this powerful series. Now, if you're interested in joining us live, then just go to hwtmpodcast.com. That stands for Healing with the Masters, hwtmpodcast.com. Register there for the current season. And did I mention? It's free. Join us absolutely free. You just have to register. But for now, enjoy these shows because they created the most amount of transformation. They created the most amount of buzz, insights, and miracles of possibility. These are just as powerful as the day they were recorded. The vibration and energies are still present and available for you. And if you're listening to them, it's because you're ready right now. Know that you helped to create this content. Your desires and intentions have brought this very broadcast here before you. So listen, engage, and enjoy. And again, if you'd like to join us in our live season, remember to go to hwtmpodcast.com. You just have to register. Join us, experience the light, absolutely free. Now enjoy this show. Welcome everyone to Healing with the Masters in our 13th volume. Lucky 13, and uh, it's a very powerful season that we're here in. This 2014 set of seasons is unique and extremely powerful. You know, it's our second year of the Aquarian Age. And this is a year of let's get her done. And it's not a get her done of vibrational making happen or contraction or controlling. It's a get her done in that our soul is nudging us to an expansion that we are ready for. And this is our soul group opportunity to commit to our journeys, to engage in our lives in a new way and in the process and together make a difference on our planet. We are delighted that you've chosen to hang out with us this season, and I want to remind you that you are beckoning forth all the content on this and every show of this season of Healing with the Masters. Your intentions have brought forth this very moment, so everything is here for you. And that's what's so powerful about our Healing with the Masters community. You create the content and the answers through your intentions. And I also want to remind you about the healing part of our name. It means transformation. It means realignment. It means repatterning. It means you are on a pathway to shift it all. And we're so excited about what you're at, about what you're going to create for yourself. Now, you may think that the masters are the remarkable speakers that, are, that we bring on each week, but we know that you are actually the master you are seeking. All of the answers are within you. All of the answers are you. And the master teachers you're hearing on this series are giving you nudges and hints as to true you as to who you truly are that bright sparkling being of huge powerful love so today i am so excited to welcome a very very special guest and she's very special um to me in particular because this is my personal coach and healer anamika 
Um, this is someone who um, tricked me into uh, doing a <laughs> session with her, and I'm forever grateful. Uh, she didn't really, but uh, she is uh, an amazing soul, a powerful, powerful transformational teacher, an incredible guide that has these crazy gifts that she she came in. Um, she came into this planet remembering almost everything. And as a result, has able to have a level of consciousness throughout her whole life and through her guidance with her, with the folks he coaches that allows her to really lay it out. Here's what's going on. Here's how to shift. Here's how to change. Here's how to find and discover you. Anamika is a pioneer in human consciousness. She was born in New York and she began a profound journey of exploration as a child. She spent her life charting new territory regarding consciously creating reality and sharing it with others. Love speaks through her generously as she transmits its resonant frequencies, initiating leaps in consciousness. You guys might be feeling this already just by being in her presence. She holds a field of deep, powerful love. And this love now becomes a template upon which all of us can tap into and use to explore the love that we are. Through her gifts of multidimensional awareness offered with it with compassion, humor, and keen understanding, she makes the process of enlightening accessible. This includes embracing and integrating our often tender and very vulnerable human nature. Her background is multidisciplinary. <laughs> I, you know, I get in the presence of Anamika and the love just stops my mouth. <laughs> Her background is multidisciplinary, ranging from metaphysics, psychology, music, and the performing arts to science and language. An international workshop leader and author, she's appeared on many television and radio shows, and she's been guiding people for over 35 years in private sessions and workshops. And if you've been tracking our inspirational videos, you would have seen her with Lou Gossett Jr. and already gotten a taste of this remarkable woman. Welcome, Anamika, to Healing with the Masters. Thanks, Jen. It's really great to be with you. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> you know, you have been just an incredible force for me um, in recent months, and you've taught me a new paradigm of love. Um, and I would love for you to kind of share what this new paradigm is and why it seems so important these days. Well, interestingly, it was cute that you said that I tricked you because actually what happens is that I can feel, I could feel that you were right at that threshold where you were really ready to move to a whole different level of your own consciousness mm -hmm. and really ready to let the past go and to live differently. And when you were talking about the year 2014 and 15, you didn't mention 15, but this is where we're starting to have the opportunity to really live from our souls in a much more direct way than to live from the old paradigm, which has to do so much with coming from the mind, you might call it the ego, you might call it control, coming from what we think we need to do or think who we think we should be, what we think we should be doing, um, how we think we should be in the world, or how to, how to get love, how to earn value, how to be recognized, how to make money, how to do a relationship, all these things that really come from a very, very, very much the old school. And we were all trained in that so much that it's really our hard wiring. It's definitely a, our fight or flight hard wiring right it, that it tells it's a how to I, I mean I noticed that uh, the how to manual is ending <laughs> yes 
because the new spirituality really has to do with not being in the mind with the how-to, but going beyond control and surrendering it to where we can actually feel and tap into our own innate resonances, which have qualities to them like love and safety. And in those resonances, we know ourselves on an experiential level as one with all, as one with God, Goddess, all that is. And that those resonances, when we tap into those and actually know ourselves or feel, experience ourselves as that, that creates our reality effortlessly and elegantly beyond what any other part of us could imagine, even beyond our wildest dreams. And you, when you, as you start to shift from one way of being to another, it's so beautiful. It, it's very extreme in the sense that it would be akin to, for example, an astronaut going from gravity to weightlessness. Or it might be something like, you know, where you're learning how to open up into such lightness and you're disoriented for a while because you're on your head eating a sandwich and turned upside down and like, oh my God, where am I and what am I doing and how is this operating? And it's literally a new operating system. It's Well, it's really going completely beyond the old operating system into a freedom and a pure consciousness that's completely different. And you know, this new place, of course, will we'll transcend that at some point as well because we keep growing and evolving. But right now, we're re- we've really collectively crossed the line into birthing a brighter future in that, you know, a lot of people can look at all of the violence and all of the darkness and everything coming up on the, on the planet right now and say, see, this is evidence that something terrible is happening. And I actually see all of the kind of chaos and unmasking of the darkness and the dissonance that's occurring as symptomatic of tremendous change. That when change is occurring at the level and rate that it is right now, everything that's been buried and masked comes out of the woodwork to be expunged and to be exposed and and to be held, to be seen for what it is. And then to be held in love and forgiven so that we can actually move from there into our hearts and souls and learn how to live in the lightness and the lusciousness that the new way of being really um, invites and really contains. Uh, you said, you know, it's it's amazing because um, when my mind listens to you, Anamika, I hear um, very articulate, beautiful words um, that are um, important. When my being experiences you in that same perspective, there's so much more going on. (laughs) And so, I mean, you said some words that, you know, I, I almost feel like crying because it's so deep. The words were so simple that, that anyone who's just playing with the mind would miss them. And those words were, that they are being exposed and seen. So the darkness, and, and the darkness is being exposed, revealed, and seen, and then held in love and forgiven. That sentence that you said could have easily been missed. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yet it is so important. And that's not just happening like 
on a worldwide level. It's happening with, I mean, from an external level, I should say, it's actually happening within us. It's certainly been my mm -hmm. experience lately that there is a darkness within me that is being brought up to be exposed, revealed, and seen. And then, and here's the, 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 here's where the, the rubber meets the road, loved and forgiven. So can you mm. talk a little bit about, about that or, and, and then maybe even um, walk us through some experiential pieces of mm -hmm. this? Well, one of the main principles of the old paradigm, the old operating system that we are rapidly outgrowing is that there's something wrong with something or with right. everything or right. nothing's ever right. Something's nothing's wrong. Ever good. Mm -hmm. right. Something's never good enough. So we look at ourselves and what we're amidst and we say, well, it's wrong or it's bad. So rather than it just being what it is or, and even bringing love and gratitude to who we are and to every single step of our journey, which actually transmutes it, when we, when we come to ourselves with the judgment that says, there's something wrong with me, there's something wrong with my journey, there's something wrong with the world the way it is, there's something wrong with this darkness, you know, and something wrong is different than this may not be my preference. In other words, eventually, when you hold something in deep enough compassion, you have a preference to not continue to perpetuate any particular vibration or darkness that isn't your preference, isn't your heart's desire. But that's different. Preference is very different than making something wrong. Preference is more along the lines of authentic discernment about, gee, what feels good and what doesn't. But judgment is, oh, there's something wrong with this. And as soon as we put that label on it, which is part of the old operating system, is that everything's wrong. There's something wrong with everything. We're always not enough something or too much something or the world is too much this or not enough that. And when instead we simply see it for what it is, ah, this is what's occurring. And when we take 100% ownership, which is, that everything that's going on out in the world is actually part of me. And it's inside of me because that's where we can work with it, is with ourselves. You know, not one of us at this moment can go out into the world as if it's separate from us and change it out there. But we can be present with ourselves, which is, ah, the war that's out there, where is that war inside of me? Or the control that I don't like people exerting or the domination, or the abusiveness, or the victimization. Where is that a part of me? Where is that happening in me? And when we can actually identify that without judging it as right or wrong, meaning this is bad, this shouldn't be happening, something's wrong with me for the fact that you know this is going on, or something's wrong with the world, or something's wrong with him or her, if we don't do that and simply say this is what I'm identifying, I'm, I'm owning that this energetic is here, this belief system is here, this energy is present, then I can, it's not who I am, it's just what's there, it's part of me, but it's not who I am, and I can love and forgive me for having believed that, like having believed that I was bad, having believed that I wasn't enough, having believed that I was too much or superior or inferior or all the things that we have all believed within that old operating system. And when we can actually bring compassion and forgiveness 
as an active, alive energy, that energy is such a powerful universal solvent, it's from our hearts, that it actually begins to dissolve the old paradigm. And there will be parts of that old operating system that are hardwired that are just there, but they won't bother us anymore. And parts of it actually dissolve and truly, truly heal, truly go away. So, and it doesn't much matter actually in that as you start to see it for what it is, in that it's not who you are, it's just what you believed, which is different than who you are. In that shift, you start to experience, well, who am I then? If I am not just those, if I am not those beliefs, and I can truly have compassion for myself and forgiveness in that, you know, I see that those beliefs are no longer productive, like you said. You just got to the point where, wow, I just can't keep doing it the same way. I've outlived this way of being. And that's, that's a very powerful place to be. And when you outlive that way of being, you're ready for something completely different, which is to know yourself and experience yourself. And in, in, in a whole different way, at a whole different octave of, of reality. And we, we really go from explaining everything in our heads and understanding it and figuring it out and giving reasons for it and telling stories about it and justifying it and making, figuring out why this is right or why this is wrong or the pluses and the minuses and Oh my God, that's exhausting. And we go, <laughs> that's a lot of work and it never works anyway. It's a lot of work. It's a whole lot of work and just doesn't get us anywhere. And then we're able to shift from that into, ah, oh, I'm willing to sit here and experience myself and you and us together. And in experiencing, instead of explaining, there's a vibration, there's a resonance, there's something that is palpable that I feel that I can feel as me. And that sense of self keeps growing and keeps changing, it keeps expanding in more directions than we could ever give name to. It, it becomes so alive and it's so who we are at that in that place of our true resonance is so alive and so dynamic and so interactive. It's so potent that it's like we become like stars going supernova again and again and again. Or like, you know, it's like our own personal Big Bang where we start to really, really tap into, oh, I can feel who I am. I can experience this moment. And the experience of ourselves is not what our mind would say that we are. It's completely different. Our mind would say, well, I'm a woman, or I'm this from here, or this age, or I'm nice, or I'm me, or I'm talented, or I'm, you know, whatever, however we define ourselves. And this place is beyond definition. It's beyond that kind of mental definition. It's revelatory, meaning we can feel who we are at such a deep level that it's a, it's a simultaneous discovery of ourselves and also creation of ourselves so that we start to experience ourselves as I am both creating and discovering more of who I am simultaneously in this moment as we're here together, as I'm 
discovering more of you and more of all of us in this moment. And there's an ex- an amazing evolution and expansion in that into this lightness, into this gravityless place, into this unbearable lightness of being that's so light and so different and so free that in that you actually feel free. You no longer strive to become free. You feel free. You experience yourself as free and as freedom itself. Or the same with safe. You don't try to be safe or have to defend yourself anymore against anything out there because everything's you. Who would you be defending against except yourself? And you feel yourself as so safe that, oh, I am safe and I am also, I am the very essence and resonance of safety itself. Or this, you know, you can take any quality like love. For example, the journey of first we start out seeking love, like seeking love outside of ourselves, like a child seeks love. And that's natural for a child. And then you grow maybe through adolescence and young adulthood, into falling in love. Oh, we fall in love and we feel butterflies in our stomach or we feel sick to our stomach, or, which is fear, but that's okay. When, when you start to feel something of love, you get you know, scared and that's okay and it feels wonderful, but then you experience falling in love and then as you mature, we start to experience, oh, what if I'm one with that resonance of love itself? What if I could actually know myself and experience myself as part of the whole field of infinite love that's always there and that exists and that never goes away? And what if I actually could just ah feel myself as, as that and then, wow, there's more. So then what's beyond that? Well, then what if, what if beyond knowing ourselves as love, we are loving now. Meaning, in this moment, I am absolutely choosing to be loving. I am loving. That is my choice. And I'm. it's a double entendre, meaning I'm loving this moment that is now. And I've also chosen so profoundly to completely love right now. And so then we move into Oh, I'm loving now, meaning it both ways. And if you feel the frequency of that or the resonance of that, that's very different than seeking love or falling in love or knowing ourselves as love to, oh, I'm loving now. And you can feel that progression. And that's a, that's a human progression. And nothing's wrong with having sought love or having fallen in love or knowing ourselves as that love and then loving now. Nothing's wrong with any of it. It's all a luminous thread that runs through love that teaches us different stages of development of love and loving. And so everything, there's a luminous thread running through everything when we can see it when we can really, really feel it and see it, then there's nothing wrong with anything. There are just new preferences and new choices that we can make based on true forgiveness, which isn't, oh, I've done something wrong that now I can correct and make better. It's, wow, I care about myself so much and love myself so much that I'm willing to expand 
and make new choices which feel better to me. They feel luscious and wonderful. So I'm willing to make and happy to make those new choices which bring us back to loving now. I'm willing to love now. That's a, a nice... Um, um... I, I don't want to say affirmation because that feels like it's it's not the right description, but it, a, a, yeah. a, a mantra. I, 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 I'm loving now. Well, I'm actually, interestingly, that's the title of one of my books. I'm loving is now. Is loving now. <laughs> is loving now. Yeah, loving now. <laughs> yeah. And the, I love the double yeah. entendre with it. It's, I'm, I'm loving mm-hmm. now and I am loving now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Beautiful. Well done with inflection. <laughs> Beautiful. And, and so... Um, uh, there, there is so much there. Uh, you know, experience yourself in a new octave of reality. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I get that so profoundly since I started working with you. Yeah. Experiencing yeah. yourself in a new octave of reality. Um, and, and, you know, it gets back to, to your explanation of that, of that, um, that statement of seeing and then forgiving. And, uh, and the, the, the definition of forgiving, which is not correcting, but it's an expression, it's an experience, it's a, it's a, a place of being, of caring and loving yourself um, to expansion. Um, and so as these, um, and you also said something else here, which is there's nothing wrong. <laughs> and um, so, so, okay, so here we are in life and, you know, I've been playing with you a lot with this in our, in our session mm-hmm. work, which is, so there's life, right? Life mm-hmm. is freaking collapsing, you know, there's people showing up that suck, there's, you know, there's, and then there's my reactions to it, which, which, you know, it, everything that's showing up is creating a triggered reaction that is a habituated habit of, of reacting. It's, it's how I protected myself, it's how we protect ourselves. So there I am, life shows up, crap happens and there I am in complete reaction of whatever it is anger sadness hurt or or just the anger piece of it which is you know hiding the sadness and the hurt and um so now is the opportunity for me to see that and move into this new what you saw experience of myself in a new octave of reality so Mm. what do I do now life is showing up and I'm triggered yeah Okay, well, there, there's so, there are so many beautiful processes that exist when you feel wounded or you feel hurt or you're hurting or something has happened or life has shown up, right? And you're triggered and then so many processes and people talking about, well, you have a choice about how you respond in any situation. And all of that is true. So we're going to do an and here, not a, not a rejecting that, but let's take it one step further. Okay. Okay. Because the new paradigm is, well, the old paradigm would be life is happening to me. Life is showing up, meaning it's just out there. It's out there somewhere. It's happening and it's encroaching on me. It's coming into my space. <laughs> and so it's happening to me in some way. And that keeps a layer of separation going if you notice that life or the world what we call the world or what we call other people are out there right and what if we were to even question that way that observing device that way of looking through through our our glasses our lens what if we were to 
question every single assumption. So what if, for example, everybody who's listening right now and you and I are, what if I take 100% responsibility, which doesn't mean fault, but for the fact that whatever's present here in the field in this moment is me. The beautiful beings who are listening and participating with their energy, that's a part of me. You, that's a part of me. And I get to, not that we're the same, because you're still you, everybody's still themselves, but what if there's a paradox of an and here, which is, Jen, you're you, and you're also my creation, meaning if I take 100% responsibility, I would have to ask, keep asking myself in every moment, what in me is creating this? What, it, what is this creation about for me? How have I created this? From what beliefs? Now, if I look at you, I'd have to say, wow, I'm a pretty awesome creator. Look who I've created in my field. This beautiful woman, this amazing person who's so honestly and authentically looking at herself, examining herself, doing everything to grow. Look what she's created, this beautiful audience of people who are listening, who are looking at themselves, who are how, how beautiful that they're caring enough to to listen and to care enough about themselves to inquire, to ask, to reach, to stretch, to right, to yearn for more. So I'd say, okay, that's a part of me. And then you were saying, well, this something shows up in your life. I would ask myself, who is that in me? What part of me is that? And the fastest and, and most effective way to allow for change and to create change in ourselves is not just looking at what our reaction is to whatever's happening, and that's that's an important piece. Again, it's an and. We, ha- we go through many steps of looking at things. We look at our reactions. We look at our feelings. But then we also eventually look at, hmm, what from what belief or what part of me has created this showing up in my life? What if that's my creation and it's a wonderful chance for me to get to look at myself more deeply? You know, that's radical self-responsibility with no fine print, no exceptions. (laughs) Like, um, I can't say, well, in general, yeah, I'm creating these beautiful situations in my life, except for that schmuck who just showed up and did this thing to me, that disgusting, stupid person. Right. (laughs) Like... If there are no exceptions, it's like, okay, what belief in me does this reflect or what have I been believing or doing in or with my energy without even knowing it? And this is where it gets interesting because there's a certain amount about all of us that we are aware of and then there's so much that lies beneath the surface in our subconscious or our unconscious or you know, be- beneath our current awareness. And when you're willing to look at things that show up in life and dig deep enough or open the door of inquiry to just to ask the question even, what could this be in me, even without needing to know the answer? But as soon as you bring it back to you get off the reaction to it and just open the door of questioning, which is what could this possibly represent in me? Or what part of me is this person mirroring? or responding to, or showing me, then if you suddenly, if you open the door to discovery without making yourself bad or wrong for the fact that this is happening, but just take 
ownership and responsibility, even the willingness to do that by asking a question, then interesting things start occurring and you start to get your, to know yourself much more deeply, which is what the joy of the journey is really, you know, the, the, the joy of discovery of more of yourself. Because when you can hold all of that in compassion and love in that, oh, that's what I was believing. And that's what I was, from what I was creating. Oh, is that really fun? And, and does that feel good to me now? Nah, not so much. Okay, cool. I see what I'm doing. That doesn't feel good. Okay, I care about myself enough to actually choose differently. And I can choose differently right now. And that's not a mental process, believe it or not. It's not, okay, I'm just going to make a new choice. It's actually a very profound emotional shift where when you bring enough caring and you realize, ah, the way that I'm looking at this or going about this is actually hurting me, then through your heart, through your authentic caring, you shift emotionally and it changes your energy and it changes your whole ground state of being so that you start living from more love and when you live from greater love, what you draw to you is more love and what you create is more love. And then those pesky little crazies stop popping up in your field. It's not just, it's partly that you respond differently when you do come across them, but they also stop showing up in your field and that's the difference between you know, um, just, well, I get to respond differently, which is also true. That's not untrue. It is true. But I take it further. It's, and different reflections start to appear in my field, in my life. Different types of people start to show up. Different kinds of support. Different kinds of love. Different business structures. Different ways of allowing abundance to flow that doesn't cost me energy that isn't stressful different ways that are elegant and miraculous that i could not have imagined and that comes from self-responsibility this is uh it's remarkable work and and um uh, there's this uh, beautiful seed that is being planted in the in the um, energy fields of the audience right now with well first of all I can tell that you're holding us in the field of everything you're speaking yeah, of absolutely and, yeah. and so I, I kind of want to illustrate this through my own experience if that's okay sure um, oh, so that would be awesome so you know it's happened so many times recently so I've got a couple but I'll, I'll give you one in particular um, you know I was I was uh, going home for my uh, for my father's funeral who passed away not too long ago and um, I was in the airport and I was uh, there. I was on one of those walkways, uh, you know, those moving walkways. And yeah. there was a woman behind me who was going to the same place. We had to go through customs, and then we had to go and get our luggage. And Toronto Airport is notoriously slow, um, especially through customs to get luggage. So she, we were all going to the same place. We all were going to have to wait a good forty minutes to do this whole process. And yet she was huffing and puffing, and she was right, like like less than an eighth of an inch behind me trying to make me move when I, you know, I couldn't even move. And so immediately I kind of went, stupid. Oh, wait. (laughs) Okay. This is me. This is me. I get to look at me. Um, She's in my field. So it's in, it's me. And, and, and it's this, what you were talking about, radical self-responsibility. 
and, and asking the question of what is this creation? What is that in me? Uh, what could this be in me? And so from that moment, I was able to shift it to an internal conversation now. And I looked at the part of me that was absolutely her, without a doubt, <laughs> mm -hmm. and how I've actually yeah. done that to people. Uh, somewhat unconsciously, I know, in retrospect. But now sure. what I did was I was, uh, I was able to do this new paradigm that you talked about, this new um, octave of reality in that moment, and, and move into a... a a, a relationship with that part of me. So what could this be in me? And I looked at the, the her that was in me and went, whoa. And I got to love her. Now, and that's the, that's that piece that you've been talking about. Yeah. I got to say, wow, first of all, thank you. Because that energy helped me to survive the circumstances of my childhood. Yeah, that energy helped me. So the first thing and I remember the first time you said that to me, all I have to say to that part of you is thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and you know, it, it was such an emotional moment. And, and this is something that we can do for ourselves for everyone on this call. Thank that part of you. Um, and it's not just a trigger. It's that it's a n whole new version of mirroring. Like this is so different than the mirroring stuff we learned in the 80s in spirituality. This is again this new octave that you were talking about. So there I am loving myself. And then you talked, you've talked a lot today about caring. And, and again, I was doing this process in part through my, my work with Anamika. And I, I, the next thing I said after thank you is I really care about you. You know, and there was this crazy connection that happened, which is what? You care? Yeah, I care. And then the next thing was, I love you. I care about you. I love you and I care about you. And thank you. And what happened was this field of love now expanded. And I didn't have to change her. I didn't have to, by wanting to fix her or get rid of her, would have made it wrong and broken. And I think I think from, from your vernacular, it might be the old paradigm. Instead, yes, right. loving her and caring for her and thanking her creates this new paradigm of love, which she is included in. She yes. doesn't have to change. So, right. I, I, you know, kind of share a little bit about what, what my experience was. What happened there? Yeah. Well, in the old, the old paradigm has to do with, as I said, separating, judging, making wrong, evaluating something as this part of me is worse than the others, is less than the others. This right. part of me that felt that it needed to be in control is bad or it's good. Yes, it's great to be in control. I really value that. And there's so much to life beyond control. Like the woman at the airport who was breathing down your neck, she was scared actually that she was out of control, that, okay, I'm not going to get there on time. Because the old paradigm, everything's rush, rush, rush to try to get somewhere in order to finally either retire or be enlightened and then finally enjoy ourselves. Right. But, <laughs> finally. but we never get there. <laughs> That's it. Right. That's right. So we're rushing to get somewhere to finally stop rushing, but that never happens. And all that really happens is you burn out your adrenals badly or you become ill or you break down and you die without having arrived because what if there's nowhere to get so there's a part so that woman for example had she taken self-responsibility it would have been to say wow i'm really pushing right now 
trying to be in control because I'm believing I'm scared and I'm believing that I won't get there on time. I won't make my plane. I won't make it. Oh, that's an interesting story. Okay, what if I can breathe, just let myself feel scared, and yet just be present with the fact that I'm actually just scared and I don't need to know why, but I'm willing to let go of the control because the whole paradigm, the new paradigm, is actually beyond control. And the old part will always feel threatened when we feel powerless that we're not in control. So she was, oh my God, I'm powerless to make my plane or I'm powerless to hurry up and get there at the right time that I think I need to or, you know, there's a push. And when we feel powerless but don't let ourselves just feel it like, oh, powerlessness is actually a very soft emotion that lets us surrender into our real power. But when we're not willing to... Powerless, when we really feel it, allows us to surrender into our real power. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, the real power of the new paradigm that guides us beautifully. It's our, our greater self. So it's the little part, the old paradigm, which is actually our smaller self, who's saying, I'm powerless and I don't want to feel that way, so I'm going to push really hard to make sure that I'm in control. And that control locks down the flow of the true power that would flow from our bigger part and guide us elegantly and effortlessly. So had that woman been working with herself this way, she would have said, okay, I'm using, asserting my control and pushing my energy because I'm not wanting to feel powerless and I'm not letting myself feel afraid and powerless and surrendering into that feeling and in so doing when I let myself just feel oh the gentleness of fear believe it or not the softness of fear and the softness of powerlessness as authentic emotion when I let myself drop in and feel that whoa suddenly I start feeling my real power a whole different octave of emotion or of energy, a whole different paradigm that comes from actually feeling my authentic powerlessness instead of pushing so hard against it that all I feel is control and push and hardness and desperation and panic and anxiety and depression when it doesn't work. And that's the old paradigm right there. Whereas the new paradigm is, wow, here I am actually powerless to control this situation. Let me just surrender into that. And then suddenly, oh, a little cart shows up and carries you. Or suddenly, you know, the plane that you thought you would miss was delayed and suddenly you don't miss your plane. Or suddenly, you know, the miracles start happening because you got more real with yourself beyond control, which is where the miracles happen. Mm. And yet that transition, Jen, is so challenging for people because what were we trained to do is take control. The more I'm in control and the less I feel, the more I can make my life work. And that's what we were trained to do. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's not the effortless, elegant, miraculous way of creating and living and experiencing that the new paradigm is. So with you, Mm -hmm. 
yet. No, what go ahead, really, go ahead. Yeah, what was really interesting with you was people come to me or I, I meet them at the, because, when they're ready to actually change paradigms. And that's not everybody in the world. Some people are still very happily ensconced in the old and learning how to take control and learning how not to be powerless and to take control. And that's an important stage of development, but that's not what my work is about. It's not what you're about. So when we met, I can, I can always feel when somebody's ready to really learn how to let go of the old way of being, which is, it's a, it's a training, it's an operating system that we were trained in. So it's, it's not just, oh sure, let's do this. There's a, it's very challenging and does take some human guidance. Um, none of us do this by ourselves. We need, you know, we need some guidance here. Um, because it is challenging, but I could feel with you, oh, this beautiful being is ready. She's ready to, to shift, but she doesn't know, doesn't know it because we can't see outside of our current paradigm. Yeah. It's like, you know, if I spoke to you in, in Hebrew or Greek, you wouldn't understand what I was saying because you don't know those two languages probably. So, um, we can't actually see what's beyond where we are. We can have little hints and clues about it, but we can't really experience it until we do. Until we do. So with you, right. I saw that you were ready for that and that where you were in your life was you had come right to the edges of the old paradigm and were having tastes of the new and all you needed was just a little hand, some help to actually make that shift. Right. And I suspect, so that's why I, I suspect most of the people on this call are also in a similar place. That's why they're hearing yeah. what you're sharing today. Exactly so. Exactly. Right. So, th so there's this, there's this paradigm too that you talk about, which is um, moving from this kind of smaller power cell to the, a much, much bigger power cell. An um, infinite one. An infinite power cell. So the, the mm -hmm. old paradigm is uh, kind of the power cell of the mind, of power over, yeah. of, of, uh, of control. And yes. it, it only works to a point, and now it's starting to not work at all in this new paradigm that yes. we're in. So It's imploding on itself, because mm -hmm. a paradigm is a matrix, it's a set of ideas and beliefs that starts to consume itself when it out, it's starting to outgrow itself. When we're starting to outgrow it, it, the paradigm starts to collapse, and that's where we are right now in the world, it's collapsing. And so there, there are some of us who are actually experiencing... Quite dramatic collapses in our lives, yes. loss, grief, yes. um, you know, businesses yes. collapsing, friends, uh, loved ones, friends passing. Um, yes. I, I, there's no one I have met who isn't experiencing some of this. Yes. Uh, so, uh, you know, the, the, the question of how is, is again that old paradigm, but I can hear it in the audience right now strongly saying, how do we move through this, uh, this, it, it feels like traumatic and, and in some instances tragic collapse that we are seeing in our own lives. Yes. Well, one thing is you just feel, you, you feel the feelings, which is, ah, I'm grieving. You know, there's loss, there's collapse. I'm scared. I'm grieving. I feel threatened. It's, I don't know what to do. So then you get to, ah, the mind. I don't know what to do. The old paradigm has to do with I need to know what to do in every moment in order to be in control because I, this little I, is everything. And I don't trust that there's more to me that's actually creating a more optimal future with 
limitless or infinite possibility, I don't trust that, so I think I need to know what to do and how to remedy this. And when you get to the point of realizing, okay, what if I don't need to know? What if me knowing what? anything right now would <laughs> right, right. Yeah, would be in the way. <laughs> right. Would what you be I, willing uh, to not know just in this moment? Would you be willing to not know and, and feel the fear of not knowing, but also start to realize that the unknown is not a scary place. It's your friend and ally. The unknown is where limitless possibility exists and will present itself to you so that, oh, look at these new innovative ideas. Ah, look at this and how things can be recreated. When you're willing to freak out and start to trust the unknown. So this is my other book is called Yes and Yikes. So this is where you're saying, yes, I'm willing, and yikes, this is scary as all get out. So it doesn't have to be just, oh, yes, everything's bells and lovely and la-di-da and, you know, Pollyanna, nor is it, oh, this is so horrible, I'm going to stick my head in the sand and push away. It's, yes, I'm willing to change, I'm willing to not know, and yikes, this is really challenging and threatening and scary to the part of me, the little part, that wants to know and be in control and do it my way and have power over the situation. Because I think, this little I thinks, that will keep me safe. So we say to that little I, thank you for caring. Thank you for trying to keep me safe. And I'm not going to follow your strategies, but you get to be included because you're a very valuable and persistent energy. And you're part of me, so I'm going to love and include you, and I'm going to open to trusting that the bigger part of me is here now too. And I'm willing to experience that bigger part of me, not by doing something, but by letting go beyond the control of the little part. So there are a lot of steps in there, and you know it, it helps a lot to like when we do seminars online or something like that, to slow it down so that I can really walk people through step by step and you can feel that in your own body. But those those are some of the steps. There are a lot, a lot of other ways to work with this because it's really, it's a deep dance. But, um, you know, those are some of the, that's some of what we do go through. So one of the things that um, uh, you've talked to me about also is the, is the tri- triad of the the victim, the victimizer, and the savior, and I, I just thought it was mm-hmm. so. My mind really loved that one, and mm-hmm. uh, and I've been really able to love those parts of me. So, could you walk us through that a little bit? Mm-hmm. Well, part of the old paradigm, part of that old operating system, is that there's a certain set of roles that we play, and one is where we feel victimized, as you said, the victim where life is happening to us and we feel victimized by things and we feel less than and less important. And then the other part that we also have is the persecutor or the um, the perpetrator the per- and the victimizer. All of those are the same words for the, that, that role, which is where, oh, it's me punishing myself or it's me judging you or it's me, you know, perpetrating something. And it doesn't have to be something violent or vicious 
It can be something like, oh, I just judged myself as stupid. I just said I was stupid. Well, who is that talking? Well, that's a persecuting voice, isn't it? That's a judge, a judgmental persecuting voice that just said, you're not doing this right right now. You're, you're not good enough. So that is a persecutor. And then we have the savior, hero, or rescuer, which is the same same kind of thing. The victim and martyr go together, by the way, too, because we can either be victimized or really martyr ourselves, like overgiving, self-sacrifice, where we come out resentful. But the savior, the rescuer, the hero, all of that is the part that I'm the one to do it. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to figure out what to do. I'm going to save the day. I'm going to save you. I'm going to save me. I'm going to be. I'm going to be the hero. And all of that is within that's a triangle. If we're in any of those positions, we're doing them all. And the way out of it is just, again, to own it, to see it, to recognize it, that if you find yourself as the victim, also look, or you find yourself martyred, also look in that moment, and well, how am I persecuting myself? How am I trying to save myself? Oh, I'm martyring myself and overgiving my energy because I believe that I have to feed you or save you in order for you to like me, and then if you like me, then I'll be safe and be okay. So that's one example of how, oh, that's me in all three positions on the triangle. Because if we're in any one of those positions, we're in all of them. So if I'm trying to save myself or save you, then I'm victimizing myself by not believing that I have limitless resource inside of me because I'm looking to be saved or to be rescued or to rescue you so that you feed me because I don't believe that it's really inside of me. I don't believe in my limitless resource. So I'm believing in in the triangle, I'm believing in my limited resource instead of my limitlessness. And so, again, the interesting part of all this is not just the theory, but it's, you know, walking through this step-by-step very, very gradually so that we can each identify all of this in us and become more aware because once you become more aware of all of this and then you can bring the forgiveness and compassion, then that just expands you right out of it. You expand beyond it where it's there and part of you, but it's not running the show anymore. It's just there. You know, it's like the difference between there's a flea, let's say, on a, on, on a dog, and you're either identified with this flea, or you know yourself as the dog who happens to have this little flea there that's not really bothering you. So, you know, it's your little self versus your big self, your much bigger self, and, and both will be there. And the little self isn't wrong or bad. No, it's not, it's not wrong. Mistaken. The flea isn't bad. No, it's right. just a flea doing its flea thing. Right, it's just doing its thing. And by yeah. by loving, loving it, caring about it, honoring it, thanking it, yeah. um, we have the chance to um, kind of grow beyond it without making yeah. it wrong or needing it to change. Yes, and then when you grow beyond it, as you do, you start to identify as the bigger one, which is limitless mm. and big enough to include the little one. Like my, oh, my limitless self is infinite, and so big, I have plenty of room to include my little part with great love and gratitude, great caring, great kindness. Right, right. And then I'm in harmony with myself. And then my life shows up harmoniously instead of with tremendous disharmony that's showing me these parts of myself that are not yet integrated. Right. And nobody is perfectly integrated, but we are constantly integrating and enlightening through that process. 
so that it's a process. There's no place we get to, now I am perfectly enlightened and integrated. <laughs> there's no there there. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no right. There's no such thing. But what, what but yet, and, and what we are doing though yes. is what you said earlier. With, um, with freedom, we are, we are free with no striving. With safety, which is, uh, I am the essence of safety. With love, mm -hmm. I know myself as love. And, and as you said, I am loving now. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a different state of being. It's a state of being that's an actual palpable resonance that you feel and that is so delicious that surprisingly, every single feeling, whether it's fear, anger, grief, any feeling that's authentic feels delicious in that resonance because it moves and it expands us. What does not feel good is when we push against that and start telling a lot of mental stories I'm so scared, and I'm never going to this, and I'm that. And that isn't fear. That's a disempowered state of anxiety that comes from telling stories that are not real. That's so funny. I was just going to ask you about stories. So uh, let's talk yeah. about the, the real feelings versus stories. Yes, yes. Well, anything that's real is very gentle, even if it's anger. It's not dramatic, it, and it moves. It's energy that moves. And when you feel it, it's delicious. Like anger, just real anger, just feels like the most luscious heat that surges through your body and just melts everything in its wake, melts the frozen ice. And fear feels like a bunny rabbit. It's very soft and it shakes, it trembles a little bit as it's breaking through the barriers and breaking through things that it can shake, but it's very soft actually. So, for example, if you're not feeling something authentic like that, you go, you're, ah, you, you start dramatizing anger, which is, it's drama. It's not real anger. It's violence and it's people being outraged, but that's not real rage. That's not pure rage or anger. It's, or when you are unwilling to feel fear, you push so hard to shut down your energy that you start shaking, and we call that an anxiety attack. And all it is is struggling so hard to stop feeling our gentle, real energies. And then we go into anxiety and depression and outrage or turn it in against ourselves and hate ourselves and turn it into enrage. And that feels horrible. And then we say feelings hurt. They're horrible. I don't want to feel. But those aren't feelings. Those are we're thinking we're feeling, but we're not actually feeling. We're actually telling stories and believing them, and we're thinking. So that isn't real feeling. That is completely not authentic. And so when a person stops their violent outrages and actually feels something real, they're just a scared little person. That's all there is, is a scared little child who just needs tender love so they can just feel what they're feeling. And they drop the stories and drop the drama because real feeling has no stories attached. You don't need to say, I'm scared about this and this and this. That's a story. Why not just say, I feel fear. And it's different than I am scared. It's just, oh, I'm feeling fear. And I'm willing to feel. I'm willing to allow this energy to move. It's beautiful. I'm feeling grief. I'm feeling rage. That's, and I'm, and I'm willing to fear. Another, another little subtlety 
um, that that is so powerful, which is I'm willing. I'm willing to I'm feel. I'm willing to feel. Yes. I'm willing, I'm willing to, feel. to feel. The willingness moves us in the, in in towards it in that direction, and then oh, I'm feeling. It's oh. I'm actually feeling. Yeah, and there's a beautiful oh. softening within that. You're right. Yeah, yeah. See, it's hap- you're doing it right now, yep, Jen. Yep. Right this second, your whole field just softened. Right. You just began feeling. Feels like the whole call mm-hmm. just softened. Yeah. So now we just moved through. We just had collectively together an experience of moving through, of shifting from the old paradigm to. The new, which is alive and soft and active and dynamic, and the, the energy is. And so let's just sit there sweet. together. and Yeah. It's sweet. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. It's full of everything. So maybe we can just sit together and in this resonance, and I'll keep transmitting energy so that to help us just feel that. Yeah? Right, would yes. you like to do that? That would be lovely. Okay. And you can stop when it feels like time to, to stop, okay? Okay. You don't want any music in the background on this, do you? No, whatever, okay. if you'd like. It's it's really up to you. No, Either way okay. is good. Okay. Yeah. And just notice your breathing deepens and softens and opens. It just happens naturally. I'm yawning too. Yes. Yawning de-stresses the body. It, It actually discharges or releases the energy of tension in the body. That's what, that's what yawning does. It brings in fresh oxygen. There's a lot of beautiful expansion going on in every direction. Wow, it's really, really 
Really incredible. I, I actually felt some physical pain in my body. Mm. Um, is that mm. something that's that, that can happen? Yes, it, it starts to show you where the energy has been blocked. Right. It was right in my heart. And that will... It was like directly yeah. in the heart. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And that will start to move just as we go deeper and deeper, you know, over time in this, that will just start to soften. But it shows you where those beliefs have been, those defenses have been in your heart. Because yeah. you're in the process of, as we all are in the new dimension, new paradigm, undefending and revealing our heart. Undefending nope. and revealing our heart. Oh. Mm-hmm. Becoming more real, more exposed in a good way. Yeah. More healthily vulnerable and real. And our hearts soften and open. And the defenses drop. They dissolve. Wow. This is, uh, we're, we're, we're at the top of the hour already, if you can believe okay. it. Okay. Um, wow. And okay. That, w- that is, uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Talk about the role of an energy transmission. Tell me, tell us a little bit more about what that is. Yeah, well, it's um, it's for me, it's a gift I was born with. Was is a a consciousness that actually, when I focus it, when I focus on myself and just open to the highest resonances within me, they radiate out, and what they help do is help other people find that most, um, you know, full place in themselves. So it's a gift that's given to help others find it. It's not something that you become dependent on or need me for. It's something that's just a help to help you find that in yourself because everybody has that. Everybody has, you know, we're constantly growing and we have more to us than we ever could possibly imagine. And the transmission of energy is just a way to help activate that in others so that you feel it and go, oh, I can feel myself in my most expansive nature. Oh, it's a chance to just to help you feel it a little more easily. So it's that's what it is. Hmm. Cool. So, and this is something that you've had from the beginning. I I um I heard you say that um in another interview that you were born, you remember your birth, you remember the other side, you remember your, you know, being a toddler. Um, is, is that kind of part of this process? Well, I do happen to remember that, but I mean, still, like every human, you know, it, it's the human journey of constantly growing and awakening and finding more and more. So as a child, I came in with the remembrance of that connection and I would enter it, but I still lived through, like the rest of us, ordinary human reality, right. you know, ordinary life, and have just been on the journey myself so deeply that I just pass along everything that I've learned. Mm. It's, um, and I keep growing and changing and facing myself every day. So I really pass on whatever, you know, I do the work myself. That's all I really do because I love it. And I sit with other people because it feels so good and it's so much fun. But the real reason I'm here is just for the fun of it, to really um, go through the process myself and to learn it and to learn how to create my life and reality from these other resonances. And it, it just changes the whole game entirely. Wow, that's really cool. Well, uh, Anamika, thank you so much for being part of our series this season. And 
And uh, thank you for um, sharing, sharing what I think is probably some of the most important information I've heard in a really, really long time. Um, mm. um, really, and, and not just hearing it, but feeling it, sensing it, allowing the experience out of it, the multidimensional beingness of the message encoded in, uh, in energy. Um, that w this was not just a, a philosophical conversation. This was a transformational conversation and, and, uh, and a conversation at multiple levels of dimension. Um, and I'm, I'm just so appreciative that, that you tricked me and, um, <laughs> <laughs> into into working with you deeper so that I could really get this and I think pass it along to my audience as well as as mm -hmm. work with you to um, really expand myself in ways that um, I, I needed some help with so thank you thank you thank you thank you for the transmissions uh -huh. thank you for the um, the gift of you thank you oh and thanks for thanks to you Jen and to the audience thank you for for being part of me today <laughs> yes, <lovely>. indeed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and thanks. And, and you know, along those lines, thank you, uh, uh, this beautiful community, for participating in this series. Um, I'm so honored and privileged that you have said yes. And uh, even if it's for a little while, uh, joined us, and we get to play with each other in this adventure of life. Um, mm -hmm. I'm. I. I just love and adore you uh, so much, and you are every day becoming that reflection of love uh, that I'm having mm -hmm. for myself. So. So in the spirit of Anamika's message, um, here is to an elevated, <laughs> elevated point of reality right now in a sphere of love. Much love to all of you, and, and thank you very much. Yeah. I know. And remember, if you'd like to join us for any of our live shows, just register absolutely free at hwtmpodcast.com. That's H. WTM as in Healing with the Masters podcast.com. Come and join us. Just register for the current live season.